Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you well welcome to your next step today uh, it's uh, Pastor Doug hello and myself here and we're talking about the lessons that we've been looking at. We've been talking about low power mode. And, you know, when I talk to people, there's we're just kind of drained. You know how your, uh, your phone sometimes will say, hey, you know, you've got no power left. We're going to put you in low power mode. And I think that's the way we're operating as human beings a lot lately. We just... We feel like we're in low power mode. Do you think that? Well, I, I I think that's probably true in general, but of course, with the 2019, 2020 events, uh, I think it made it even worse. My wife was telling me yesterday, she said, I think everybody has become lazy. I, I agree. I, I think that's one of the things we're talking about. I think the only area that we don't have low power mode is when driving. I believe that driving has gotten faster. Maybe that's why we're in low power mode. Maybe the reason we're driving so fast is we're trying to make up for the fact that we're already behind and we like we're like, "Oh man, I got to get there. I'm late and I've been moving so slow all morning. I'm I'm so lazy." I don't know, but so today we were talking about how just what happens to your body when you get into low power mode and um I think I think the reason your phone says we're going into low power mode is to conserve and 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 you know it's it's trying to help you keep going a little bit and i i think that's why rest becomes important i think that uh there's other things that are going on that we need to to deal with in our life uh in this lesson we talked about what's draining us and and i identified three things let's let's talk about them for a second number 1 is trauma mm-hmm. number 2 is skepticism and number 3 is isolation. I'm guilty of all three. Yeah, and I, I think, well, I, I don't mean to say, yeah, yes, you, Doug, are doing that. I'm saying, I, I think we're all guilty of it. I think that... Um, well, the enemy wants to push it upon us. Yeah. So it's it's not even just that we would choose this or fall into this, but we always have to be aware there's an adversary that would like to entrap us in this. Well, I, I, so let's talk about trauma first, okay? okay. Because um, what are some of the traumas that that people are experiencing. You know, I, I was watching on the news. They're they're talking about an election in a certain city and a certain person, you know, doesn't get reelected and all the all the crime that's gone on in that city. They're they're saying that the problems in the schools and the crime in that city. And and you know, I, I think there's a trauma that's gone on in, in that area. What are some of the traumas you think of? Personal conflict. I mean, you know, sometimes you can have a relationship go so bad that you say, oh, I, I'm not even risking that again. I don't want that to happen again. So that yeah. kind of, you know, where even if it didn't end 
I don't I don't know. It's 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 it doesn't even have to be that bad of an ending. It's just bad enough that you're like, I don't think I can risk that again. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um a relationship break up, you know. And and that's I think that's why some people choose the world's answer to that is well, then then don't get into a relationship. And right. so they they have a couple options there. They say, Well, just move in with somebody, you know, or they say just never have a relationship on a permanent basis and then there's the whole hookup world which I don't know anything about and don't want to. It doesn't yeah, exactly. it doesn't it just it just seems to me like trauma after trauma after trauma. Yeah. Where uh, you get desensitized to the trauma and aren't even aware of it anymore. Well yeah, I, I'm assuming. I just I think that um I, I just can't imagine having a person uh take advantage of me that way. I wouldn't so that's that's that. Then then the second area we talk about skepticism and I just feel like you know we've become so polarized that there's this constant skepticism and this is draining us. We don't trust the news, we don't trust uh the people in our life and so this is why we're in low power mode and then that's why we isolate, which is the last one and it it just increases our problems. So what is the solution? What is the solution? And um what we offered in this lesson is uh, some choices to be made, and and first is just to begin to trust God that you designed your that that God designed you for meaning and purpose, mm-hmm. and 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 to lean into that, and then He gives us I, I I like to call it like a cycle or a habit or a routine. What, what God offers His people is a system that constantly feeds them and energizes sure. them. That's the way he designed the universe. That's right. So so the universe is spinning, okay? And and then we revolve around uh the sun. I mean, everything about it is that that God is is bringing us mm-hmm. a, around and and it, it will restore us and and give us life and energy. And so he he says, you know, rest. Mm-hmm. Regularly rest. And this is what I'm finding. Because of the trauma, the skepticism, and the isolation, people aren't sleeping at night. Yeah. Um, so what do you do to help you sleep? I don't have much of a problem lately. Okay. <laughs> um, but one thing that I do that I did not do in, in my teens and 20s is I go to bed at pretty much the same time, pretty much 10 o'clock, uh, even on, you know, even if I don't need to be up the next day. You go to bed at 10, you get up at 6. Yeah, routine. That of, routine. Of when you go to bed. Yeah, and it just, you're used to going yes. to sleep at that time. Uh, so the routine helps you um, not having caffeine afternoon, you know. Yeah. Uh, a college professor taught me that. You turn the caffeine off at 12 o'clock afternoon time, and you don't go back to it. I would have never gotten through graduate school without caffeine after 12 <laughs> o'clock, but. That's another subject, but but I think that's true. I think that what we're doing is we're we're drugging ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for for me, this is what I've learned over the years is that um, the routine of having a time when I go to bed, and then, you know, I I don't I try not to watch TV or something that's going to upset my spirit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what somebody said. You can't, I, I forget who, it's probably some Facebook post, but you can't scream at your kid right before you put him to bed 
and then expect them to go, you know, have a great yeah. night's sleep. And it's my daughter is really trying to push the envelope and she'll she'll do it in these sneaky ways that I don't even notice. She's still awake. I thought she went to bed half an hour ago, you know, and you are tempted. That's to, called being a kid. Yeah. It's not your daughter. It, I it, just want to help you. Oh, okay? and, I, and I tell her, I that, say, this is not unusual, this, you know, yeah. but um, you restrain that desire or instinct reaction to just scream and assert your will. And instead you just try to say, no, it's, it's time now. You try to be much more calm. You need to be that way with yourself as well. You can't watch people being murdered. Yeah. You can't hear all the distress that's happening across the globe and then think you're going to sleep well. Yes. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, you have to, to, to do that. And, and I just think this is, to me, it's so practical. But then there's the other thing that I've learned over the years. If you've had a trauma in your life, and let's, let's define what a trauma could be. If, if you, it could be an abusive relationship in your life, or if recently you had to have surgery, you've been to the doctor and for whatever reason, they gave you meds that put you down. I know a lot of people that do not have a good experience when they go through that. And it leaves them having a hard time going to sleep because of the experience that they had there. I know other people that, that were in the military and, and they, they still have a trauma. Okay. Um, I, I just think trauma can be anything from being in a car wreck recently, um, having something taken away from you, a rejection, a broken relationship in any one of those things. And in the physical world like that, it can take your rest from you. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you is, is that I've over the years I've helped people by just praying with them and the and and getting some healing of that. But this is what they've noted to me. They said the enemy attacked me at night. Mm-hmm. So when when the kind of the the sun went down and they were home alone or you know whatever you know they do see something on TV that evening and it brings back their trauma. See, that's what I think is really bad about the world of, of television. It, 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 it's, they try to get your viewership through reenacting traumas. Yeah. Think of all the police shows, cop shows, and medical shows. Well, and and I, it just sets people off. It's just so crazy. When I was a kid, I would defend it because that's what I liked. You know, I like to see two guys brutalizing each other. Yeah. And now I'm like, why do I want to watch this? I can't it, wait for that new Creed movie or yeah, Rocky movie. Yeah. And it's just, I no, I have no desire to see this, but there's something addictive about it. And you're correct. It's stealing our rest. Yes. And so what, what, I've, what I've recommended to those people is this, simply pray but but go find some psalms and and regularly recite those psalms out loud before you go to bed and what i find is it puts me in a god mindset and it helps me no it listen if i've had a had a pot of coffee uh right before bed i i'm not going to be able to go to sleep well okay and 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 so doesn't matter how many songs, I guess I'll keep reading Psalms till 3 a.m., then I'll go to sleep, you know. But I think that if people will begin to practice what I call the presence of rest and the presence of God, yeah, turn turn the lights down, uh, read your Bible, and, and then go to bed. Uh, that's what's really good. And, and so I think this is important. I think also um, 
if you'll put in your life the habit of fasting, I don't know how to explain this, but in my life when I've fasted, I sleep better. I think somehow when my body is not eating too much food, if you eat too much food, I think somehow your body puts all its energy into processing that and you have a hard time going to sleep. And 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 I don't know how to explain it other than that. And that's that's not scientific. That's just... I, I always just figured I, I was malnutritious and <laughs> passed out or something. I don't know. I don't know if in my mind, I think that sleep and food are related. Like if you don't give enough food, you need to sleep more. But that's, again, probably way unscientific. No, no. What I'm saying is this, is that what I've found over the years is is when I take a period of time and I do fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tend to, to give up a couple meals a day, eat one meal a day. Mm-hmm. I try not to eat too much at that one. And I do it earlier, not later in the evening. I sleep really good during those times. And if I've been out of whack somehow, I'll actually take some time to fast and pray mm-hmm. to just take a few days and I'll get myself back into the routine of sleeping well. And I just sleep well. But but little things can throw off your sleep, yes. When when you have a new child come into your home, you're your sleep is gone. I'm right. sorry. Right. Um, you have to work that out with your spouse. Uh, if not, if you're a single parent, you've got to get someone in your life that's going to help you uh, with your child some, just so you can get some sleep. I, you, you cannot, you cannot survive on no sleep, people. It, it will destroy you, and that's what I see. I want to look at this scripture because I, I want to, I want to kind of challenge us, okay? It's from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And so there's something about God wants us to be whole. Our body, our soul, in our spirit when he returns. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a there's a responsibility that we have as Christians to live healthy. Yeah. Give God your best um and and try to keep your weight under control. Exercise. Everybody needs to exercise some. I mean, my mom is 87 and she walks 3 miles a day. I mean, you're not going to stop her from walking her three miles because I've tried. <laughs> but, you know, I, well, it's it's amazing that this is even a concern, though, because there are some circles in the faith that believe the body's just not important. God just doesn't care about it. God only cares about the spiritual. Why do you think they believe that? misunderstanding of the faith I get. Well, part of it is I, I, you know, we have this idea of going to heaven when you die that kind of comes from Tom and Jerry more than it comes from the Bible. You know, Jerry's the mouse, right? I think he drops an anvil on Tom's head and this ghost comes out of Tom's body and ascends Mm. to heaven and is on a cloud with a harp. But the Lord's very clear when he resurrects us, he's resurrecting the body and that we will be in a transformed body for eternity Mm. and we'll live that way. So some of it, I think, is that misunderstanding. Um, maybe some of it is, you know, you hear too too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good, you know. But the body is part of what God has created, yeah. and and here He's showing a respect for it. Yeah, I think I think that's true. 
That's interesting. I mean, uh, what if what if we're wrong? Okay. And our resurrected body is closer to what we have now than not. And and I'm not saying I'm right. but it sounds to me like like some people are approaching this body as though it's a free hall pass. Yes. To be just really bad. I'm just going to eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos every day. Uh, three meals a day and and wash it down with Mountain Dew, right? You know, because I'm get uh, I'm getting a new one. This is a rental. That's right. This is a rental, and um, yeah. Now I I had a Greek professor who believed the he believed that however you died, <laughs> that's what you would look like for eternity. You know, so if you died as a toddler, you would be a toddler for all eternity. I'm really? not I'm not sure where he got that idea. That yeah, seems a little goofy to me. But I, I don't, I don't. I'm not advocating that you're going to sure. keep the body you have. But what if God, like, what if we all get to heaven and we have the body? I mean, what if we get to the resurrection of the dead? Let me get correct, okay. correct on this, okay? And then God says, "Okay, guys, some of you, you're going to to fat camp now, you know, and and you've got to go, you've got to get it in 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 shape. So in- no, you don't have high blood pressure. No, you don't have a a messed up hormone system or something." My point is, is that if if God expected Israel to be responsible with the physical land and how they had to maintain that, exactly, God must have some responsibility for us with our body. Well, now that doesn't mean I'm going to get face work and and plastic surgery. Right. That's not what I'm talking. That's about. a distortion. That's that's yeah, and they do look distorted. Yeah, it doesn't. Look we good. won't even talk about the people who've done that. But what I'm saying is that that with my body I need to I need to give my best. I read an article, I think it was an article. Maybe Jennifer told me. She's she but she said if you eat right in a period of time over 1 year your body's total cellular makeup is transformed in 1 year. That your body basically rebuilds itself at a cellular level on mm-hmm. a yearly basis. But the only thing that will bring about a change in that is if you change your diet. And um, the article, and or Jennifer, whoever, was trying to convince me that I needed to eat more lean meat, more vegetables, uh, lower, you know, the, the toxic things that I mm-hmm. eat, you know, with chemicals and pesticides in it, you know. And and that I would be a a fresher, healthier person, and I'm I'm trying to do that. Yeah, this this is one of the reasons. I, I mean, first of all, this is why the church has said for years that things like smoking, drinking, we've always regarded those as sins. Oh. And I thought that was they were trying to keep us from the fun stuff. No, no, they said because this damages your body, oh, and the good. Lord doesn't want us doing that. But you extend that. You know, there was one time you were you were talking about a show that used to be on MTV, and I won't say the title because it's not a a nice title that okay. we want to have on our show. But these boys in this show were abusing their bodies. Like they were st- yeah. stapling themselves because they thought oh, it was yeah. funny or whatever. Yeah. And that even disturbed Why? me. You know, there's no book, chapter, and verse that perhaps it says don't staple yourself. But it's this idea you're talking about. You were given this body. You're not to be abusive to it. Why would you do something like that? Yeah. And and so some of you right now, you may be wondering, what what am I listening to on Christian radio right now? And this is your next step. And we're talking about how sometimes God 
wants us to be more intentional with our body. Mm-hmm. And I guess what we're wanting to do is I want to challenge you to think about it. You know, um, are you the healthiest that you can be under reasonable circumstances for you? You know, if you're if you're in your 20s, health comes easily for most 20-year-olds, okay? If you're in your 70s, health comes with more considerable effort. And I, I believe that what God wants us to do is to manage our physical body and understand the importance of the body that we have in that it's a temple for his worship. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have to think about that. And so creating the habits of rest, creating the habits of prayer, but also of just physical exercise. You know, I'm not talking about prayer as an exercise, although I want you to pray, but I want you to also exercise. And and you need to know, I, I struggle with this. I don't, I mean, it's not like I, I certainly don't have a gym membership. I have, a, I have, I have outdoor requirements at home that require me to exercise. I have to mow, I have to to keep up the property I have. And that's that was my choice. That motivates me mm-hmm. to get physical exercise done. And and I, I just think, what can you do honestly? Because that's why we have a low power mode right now. I mean, we've been in isolation. We've, we've been skeptical about relationships and government and everybody. We don't trust anything. And so this has kept us isolated and we're kind of in a trauma. And I'm saying, I think if we'll start sleeping right, exercising, reading God's word, praying, that that we'll be re-energized and get back to life. That's what I'm trying to get at. You're, You're suggesting the opposite of what your phone does. Your phone says, we see, you know, a situation and we are going to try to just reduce everything yeah. to survive. And you're saying, don't try to reduce, try to add, but yeah. add these good things, prayer, fasting, exercise, uh, sleep. Don't, don't try to, to, to survive, yeah. try to thrive during this time. And you will, that's what you're saying. Well, but that, I believe that that's because that's God's way. Exactly. God multiplies. He, he doesn't, he doesn't start Notice that God gave them more than enough manna in the wilderness. So he didn't, there was no jealousy needed to, to limit it to a limited supply. And I yeah. think jealousy always thinks there's a, there's a finite amount. Mm-hmm. And with God, there's an infinite amount. And so if you will lean into it, and if you will give some energy towards exercise, if you'll give some energy towards prayer, God will give you more back. And that's what will get you out of low power mode is getting your body moving, getting, getting your, I, I, basically your body, mind, and your spirit moving with God. Hey, yeah. let me say a quick prayer for you. Lord, I, I, I pray for everybody listening to our voice. I thank you. That they took the time to be with Doug and I today. I pray, Lord, that they will move towards you. They'll get moving in their body and just praise you today and serve you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, come visit us at the church next door. We'd love to see you in person. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for the church next door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. I think we should take a moment and just pray for business leaders. They need some real wisdom. God, I just want to thank you today. I want to thank you for the people that own businesses. God, they have faith because they've stepped out there on their own. They're they're trusting you, but they're also trusting the gifts that you've given them, their ability to start businesses. God, they're, they're, they're cleaning houses, cleaning buildings, mowing lawns. They're Uh, opening up restaurants, they're driving cabs, they're driving trucks, they're, God, there's so many ways that people are helping our community by owning a business. And as a believer, I feel like it's our responsibility to support them in prayer. So I'm praying right now that you will help them to be successful. They've had a lot of challenges over the past couple years, God. They've had economic challenges. They have challenges in terms of supply chain and health issues. And I pray that they would see your hope, that they would see your solutions, that you designed them. It's, it's that image bearer in them that's creative and that can solve problems. And God, there's people right now that are, are listening and, and they're praying, God, should I start a business? And I pray that you would give them the business plan. I pray that, that, that the believers would begin to give and serve you and see that their business is their best platform for the gospel. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my father, a veterinarian who who used his business to teach me about you and taught all of his clients that God loved them. And Lord, I pray that there would be business people throughout our community begin to see that they are called of God to be a Christian business person. May the business in our community submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website and give us your email address and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me, agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. 
easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms.